Hello, everybody. This is Rich Sports Talk, broadcasting on SoundCloud, TuneIn, Spreaker, and available for download on iTunes, on Twitter at the handle Rich Sports Talk, and Facebook Rich Sports Talk. So we're going to get into last night's Thursday night football game between the Cleveland Browns and the New York Jets. Now, there's going to be winners and losers of this game for each team. I'm going to go a little bit more on the Jets side in my breakdown. I'm going to start with the Browns, but let's just start off with this. That the real winner was NFL fans. I mean, think about it. When we looked at this game on the schedule, we were like, Jets and Browns on Thursday night football, and that was a great game with a lot of drama. And look, these Thursday night games, they're getting progressively better. You always worry about those stinkers where you get like a 42 to nothing stinker, but I'll tell you, that was a great game last night, great entertainment for the fans. So really, we win as the consumer from last night's game. Now, I'm going to get into Cleveland to start this one, and of course, Baker Mayfield. Now, for those of you who have listened on the podcast, you know that I haven't been on as high on Baker Mayfield as I have been on Sam Darnold. I have said, though, that I thought he was a top three quarterback prospect. I thought he would work, and but I did say his upside was limited. I did like his accuracy. I never said he was an inaccurate thrower of the football, but I also said that I felt he had a certain ceiling, but last night came out and did what he did in college. Let's be honest. Came back, rallied his team, played a great game at quarterback, high completion percentage, good job moving the football down the field. Got a lot of help from the Jets, though, but he was as good as advertised. Now, I'm not questioning Baker Mayfield on a nice 85-degree night in Cleveland. My big questions about him were going to be against an elite pass rush, which the Jets don't have, in November, in December, when it's raining, when it's winding, when the weather's not that great outside. How is he going to be able to throw the ball outside the numbers? Those are my big knocks on Baker. I wasn't a big fan of his character off the field, but on the field, love his tenacity, love his enthusiasm, and you saw that on full display last night. And, of course, the big headline today was that Hugh Jackson hadn't committed to a starter, but let's let's be honest with that. We, we all know that he is going to go with Baker Mayfield. Last night was basically just coach speech for saying, yeah, we're going to go with Baker, but, you know, I don't want the media to tell Tyrod that he's no longer the starter. I'm going to tell him. But I do think that this is a very good Cleveland Browns team. I was very impressed with them the first two weeks, despite the the one loss in a tie. And look, I think Baker is going to be a good quarterback in this league. I think he is going to be a sustainable franchise quarterback. My question is, he has a certain ceiling. And my other thing, too, is I think he'll be a competent quarterback, but is he going to possibly be an elite quarterback? I'm not on that fence. I think he'll be a good middle-of-the-road quarterback. You can win with him when you have pieces around him, but I just always think his upside's limited. I still believe that even after one game. And, you know, we have to pump the brakes because, I mean, Three weeks ago, Sam Darnold had an impressive debut, and we've seen that he struggled in two games. I mean, look, these are rookie quarterbacks. They're going to struggle. They are going to struggle because there's a lot of adversity. Teams make adjustments, and they're young quarterbacks. I mean, look, you look at all the great quarterbacks. They've had rough seasons. Elway had a rough rookie year. Uh, the only one who really came in and dominated this league from day one was Dan Marino. And even he, he sat on the bench for a couple of games before he finally came in and played. But I'm looking at the Jets, and of course they're getting a lot of backlash today because of the loss, because it's Cleveland, 
because of the streak that the Browns had had of not winning games in 2016. And I just want to put something to bed here where everyone's saying, oh, the Jets are terrible. And look, they're a rebuilding team. I don't think they're going to win eight games. I was saying six or seven wins at the beginning of the season, and I still think they are capable of doing that. But this notion that the Browns are a terrible team, may I remind you, this team could very well be 3-0 if they had a kicker in the overtime game against the Pittsburgh Steelers. And, oh, by the way, if they had a kicker in the game against the Saints. Which leads me into my point about Sam Darnold. And everyone's crushing him today. You know, 15 of 31, two interceptions, one of which was the garbage time one, which I don't really count. And everyone's just crushing Sam Darnold. Oh, he looks terrible. The Jets got it wrong. Baker Mayfield is so much better. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Slow it down a little bit. This is his third career start on a short week, Thursday night. And the Jets, for whatever reason, the NFL schedulers gave them three games in 11 days. That's a lot. You could tell last night that they were tired, that they were gassed, especially that defense. May I also remind you, too, that Baker has the better team. I would say the Browns have the better defense right now, and they also have better offensive personnel. They have a pro bowler and Jarvis Landry on the outside. They have some good young receivers. David Njoku who is a wildly talented tight end, a better offensive line, Carlos Hyde, and a better running game. Let me just throw this out to you. So Sam Darnold, coming into this game, according to Pro Football Focus, had the 31st offensive ranked line and was bottom five with his tight end receiver position and running backs, according to Pro Football Focus. So he has a bottom five receiving core, bottom five running back core, and one of the worst two offensive lines in football. And may I remind you, for everyone that's bashing Cleveland for being 0-1-1 to start the season, they did go against two Hall of Fame quarterbacks. They did go against Ben Roethlisberger and the wildly talented Steelers offense with pro bowlers everywhere from the offensive line. And they held the Saints to 21 points on the road, home for the Saints, who are a different team in that dome. Drew Brees, a Hall of Famer, one of the best accurate quarterbacks of this in all of NFL history. And they held him to 21 points. So back-to-back weeks, they held Hall of Famers with loads of talent all pro running backs, pro bowlers on the offensive line, pro bowlers, wide receiver, and tight ends. And people are expecting Sam Darnold with the second to the bottom ranked offensive line with bottom five and receivers and tight ends and running backs to go into Cleveland on a short week on Thursday night and win that game. To me, the big surprise was the Jets were, were winning. And look, I was a Jets fan. You could just, I just knew they weren't going to win this game even before the game. You just looked at the schedule and looked at how well Cleveland's played. And if you really watch Cleveland and take the record out of it from last year, they've been a good football team. This defense, when this season's over, they're going to be a top 10, possibly right outside the top five for defense. Miles Garrett is going to be, I think, one of the best defensive linemen in the game. They have a great pass rush. Denzel Ward has looked incredible in the secondary. They have a good safety and corner combination. They look like a very good team. And if they had a kicker in the first two games, they could well be 3-0. We tend to forget that. And I was looking at some of the numbers. And for people saying that Mayfield looked a little bit more comfortable than Donald, I understand why. We have to realize that Mayfield's almost 24 years old. He had more starts in college, 48, and had over 1,500 pass attempts. Darnold who just turned 21 two months ago, 
is more than two years younger than him. Also only had 800 pass attempts and 23 starts in college. There's a gap there. Baker looks more comfortable because he's gotten more reps in college. And I felt that the two quarterbacks that are most ready to step into an NFL team this year and perform on the field were going to be Josh Rosen and Baker Mayfield. And on top of all that, I think the play calling hurt Sam Darnold last night, which I'll get into in a moment. But you do also realize that over 50% of Darnold's drives last night started at the 12-yard line or worse. Horrible field position against a great defense on the road in an environment where that crowd in Cleveland was juiced up. So I wasn't surprised. But what I was surprised by was the Jets' play calling. Now, Todd Bowles coming into this season was told to us by the media and the Jets' front office that he didn't need to make the playoffs to keep his job after back-to-back 5-11 and seasons. Now, I've been a big Todd Bowles fan. I like him a lot better than a lot of people uh, in the New York media. I think he's made this a competitive team with a below-average roster. But there was a couple things last night that were very glaring. And I don't care what the Jets front office says publicly, but internally, that was an embarrassing loss. And there's a lot of things in that loss that don't help Todd Bowles' case after this season. And he really needs to button it up. Number one, the offensive play calling. Now, I understand Jeremy Bates is a very good offensive coordinator. But the Jets have tried for weeks these trick plays, and they don't work. The other thing, too, is they played this game once they got that 14-point lead not to lose the game instead of trying to put the game away. What I mean by that is they got ultra-conservative. How many times in that game last night the Jets, this was their sequence. First down run, second down run, and since they 90% of the time didn't gain two yards, it would be third and long and Sam Darnold had to throw against that pass rush. Three and out. There was no play action last night. Even when the Jets had the running game working in stretches, they weren't taking advantage of the play action bootlegs, which is a rookie quarterback's best friend. Didn't do that. It was all bubble screens and short passes. And I understand that Darnold, they might not want to take a shot against his secondary, but in a game as a quarterback, you have to take at least one or two shots down the field because there were times when the Browns had 10 guys in the box because they know they're not throwing the ball more than 10 yards. And I'm sorry, but when you have running backs in the zone-blocking scheme, why are you putting three tight end sets on the field and one receiver out? If anything, you want to spread the field with three wide receivers and give yourself some space to run through, and the Jets weren't doing that. And when you saw Cleveland coming back, they still tried to do the conservative game plan. And I know Bulls is a defensive guy, but as the head coach, you have to make a precedent that, listen, we have to change things up. They didn't make adjustments on defense, and they didn't make adjustments on offense. And the worst comment to me in the post-game conference was when he said, well, we we scouted both quarterbacks the same, and it was the same game plan for both. Wait, 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 time out. It's the same game plan for both. Now, Baker Mayfield is a more accurate passer in the short game than Tyrod Taylor. And when you see him starting to get into a rhythm, the Jets didn't make any changes. They kept trying to blitz off the edge when they were tired, 
and had press coverage on the outside. If Mayfield got even a second of protection, which he did, all he had to do was wait for Landry to get open five yards and get a lot of yards after catch. And then it was the defensive and penalties last night where you want this team to be buttoned up and you hear bulls out of the game, well, that will never happen again. We were undisciplined. If you're a bad team, you can't be undisciplined. You had the two personal fouls against Tremaine Johnson, which was the big one because it kept the big drive going where Tyrod eventually got hurt and the Browns eventually got a field goal. But it was just a situation where the Jets just couldn't get out of their way. And make no mistake, the Jets had this game. The Jets blew this game. They lost this game to me more than Cleveland won it. Because don't forget this Jets defense was playing great on that two-point conversion the first time to get a defensive holding penalty, which gives the Browns another chance to run the Cleveland special, I guess is what we're going to call it, to tie the game at 14. If the Jets get a hold there, it's a two-point lead, and that changes the complexion of the ball game. Instead, it's a 14-14 tie, and the momentum keeps shifting. So I look at the Jets. They weren't bunned up last night. They had a lot of stupid, undisciplined penalties, and they didn't make adjustments. That was the problem. And Einstein says the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and expecting different results. I mean, the Jets' game plan worked well in the first half. The second half, they didn't make any adjustments. Cleveland did. You have to make those adjustments as a coach in the game. Jets didn't do it. So to me, that was the most damning thing about last night when I looked at Todd Bowles as a coach. And, you know, the other thing that concerned me is, like, I know the players like playing for him, but... I just don't think they fear him or respect him where after the game he addresses the Isaiah Crowell situation with the with the penalty where he wiped his butt with the football and threw it in the crowd. He's like, that won't happen again. And then, of course, in the locker room, they're interviewing Crowell, and he's like, ah, it wasn't that big of a deal. And he's smiling. He's smirking about it. Like, oh, it was so funny. Well, he's not getting the message, Todd. I, I don't think it's coming through. So it will be interesting because this was an easier part of the Jets' schedule. I predict they're going to go two and one during the span. They're one and two. I, I wasn't surprised they'd be one and two, to be honest with you. And they have a tough road of defensives coming up. But for everyone panicking about Sam Darnold, look, this was going to be an up and down year. Of all these prospects, I don't think he was the most polished coming out, but I thought he had the best upside and the best personality for New York. And look, he's twenty-one years old. I mean, he couldn't drink a beer three months ago, and he's taking over a billion-dollar franchise as the franchise quarterback playing on Thursday night football in prime time, his third game in 11 days. You know, we have to temper the expectations. Look, I thought Mayfield would be one of the quarterbacks. If if I had to put money on it, I would have said Mayfield and Rose in the first year or two were going to have the best instant success. But long-term, I still feel Donald's the better bet. And right now, the Jets just don't have personnel around him to make him better. I mean, what has happened to Robbie Anderson, who could have made the Pro Bowl last year, has had two critical fumbles. There were so many turning points in the game, but to me, the biggest one was Jets get the ball back, they're starting to move the football, they get the first down, and Robbie Anderson fumbles a big one deep in Jets' territory. To me, that can change the whole complexion of the game. I mean, Anderson, to me, he's he, does he have more fumbles than catches this year? I mean, I'm looking. Outside of Quincy and Newman, none of these Jets receivers are getting open. Jermaine Curse isn't getting open. Pryor's running terrible routes, which caused an interception last week. 
And for everyone bashing Donald, look, he has to be better with the football, but he also has to have better people around him. He has to have better people around. The fact that the Jets were in this game at all, I mean, I was shocked because Cleveland's a better team. They have a better roster. I mean, we could look at Cleveland. I could see them going on a run wing a couple games because Pittsburgh's a mess. I think Baltimore is beatable. I mean, this could be an interesting division. Cleveland's got a very good defense. They've had a lot of draft capital the last couple of years, and they've put it on that defense. They have a lot of good young players on that defense. They have good players on the offense, especially where they count. They have a stable of running backs who, while unproven, I think have good upside. And more importantly, they have some good receivers. Jarvis Landry is a great security brain. This guy was a pro ball. He led the league in catches last year. I mean, the Jets would love to have that type of guy for Sam Darnold. They don't have that. They have Robbie Anderson, who's had problems off the field with the law this past offseason and has disappeared to start the season. And outside of Quincy Newman, they don't have an offensive threat. I mean, Bilal Powell is 30 years old, and he's the only running back that seems to get any yards out of the backfield. So I know Jets fans are upset, they're embarrassed by this team, but look, this is embarrassing in the short week because we always do this with the primetime games because it's the one game on at night. We overanalyze and we overvalue that one game. Look, the Jets, they're not supposed to compete this year. This is a learning year for Sam Darnold. The Browns are a better football team. They should be 3-0. and And in a couple weeks, I don't think the Browns are going to be a one-win team. They're going to win a couple games this year. And it'll be a footnote. Oh, yeah, they're streaking against the Jets. It was It's an embarrassing loss the way the Jets let it off the hook. But in two or three years, if Donald's your franchise quarterback and you're winning nine, ten games a year, you're not going to care about this one loss on a Thursday night in week three. But I will say this. I do like Cleveland moving forward. And for Hugh Jackson, this could be the turning point for him. Because I had him as one of the coaches on the hot seat this year. But if the Browns turn it around and win a couple games and Baker is trending upwards, you're not going to fire Hugh Jackson. Meanwhile, Todd Bowles, who I had a lot of faith he'd have job security, the way this team lost last night, let the Browns off the hook, didn't make adjustments, and had stupid penalties. And then they didn't adjust the play call offensively. If this continues to snowball for the Jets, I think they might look for a new head coach. And I really like Todd Bowles, but they might say, we need an offensive guy because this offense is terrible. The Jets have good personnel on their defense. Avery Williamson's a great defensive linebacker. Darren Lee has really taken a great step forward in year three. He's looking like a playmaker. They have Leonard Williams on the defensive line. Jamal Adams looks like he's going to be a star at safety this year. And they don't even have Marcus May back yet, who's been injured to start the season, who's a great free safety. I mean, the Jets have a lot of talent on the defensive side. If they can add offensive talent over this next offseason, they could be a competitive team next year. But last night in Cleveland was an embarrassment, not because they lost to the Browns, but because of the way they lost to the Browns. How they were unbutted, how they were unprofessional, and how they didn't make adjustments when Cleveland was making adjustments, and how they viewed Baker Mayfield and Tyrod Taylor as the same quarterback and didn't adjust their game plan accordingly. But for everyone killing the Jets, they lost to the Browns because, oh, the Browns, they're terrible. They haven't won in two years. They should have. They could be 3-0 and if they had a kicker. And I'll say last night, their kicker had a couple of those kicks. I was like, oof, maybe they still need to look for a kicker. 
But I really like Cleveland moving forward. It's going to be fun to watch Baker Mayfield. But for everyone saying, oh, the Jets made a mistake drafting Darnold. He looks terrible. He's 21 years old. He's a young rookie. May I remind you, on Sunday, he set the record for the youngest quarterback to throw for over 300 yards. He had a bad game on a short week. He's going to have these ups and downs. And the big reason, he doesn't have the people around him. He doesn't have a good offensive line. Doesn't have the receivers, the running backs, or tight ends, or an offensive head coach to help elevate him, at least for this season. That's it for this episode of Rich Sports Talk. Thank you so much for joining us. If you'd like to get on the show, please email us, richsportstalk at gmail.com. Next week, going to start doing some fantasy previews. I put a poll out on my Instagram, and you guys seem to want to be into that. So that's going to be coming out shortly. I'll give you my fantasy advice for standard and PPR leagues, who I like, who's good pickups, and who I would sit. So that's all coming up. Make sure to like and subscribe for all the latest content. And thank you so much for joining us here today on Rich Sports Talk.